Because if you want to last longer in the bedroom, if you want to try to rinse expositions out so you're not always lying flat on your back, if you want the confidence to do those things, you need more than just Kegel strength. You need core strength. You need butt strength. You need inner thigh strength. You need functional strength in your, in your entire lower quadrant and even your upper body. This is what I'm going to help you with in the pelvic strength workshop. Thursday, April 13th, 8.30 to 9.30 p.m. Eastern. There is a recording. It's going to be awesome. Welcome to Mom Strength, a podcast and movement to empower, educate, and showcase mom strength inside and out. I'm your host, Surabi Veach, physiotherapist and fitness coach, also known as the Passionate Physio. Join me for discussions on movement, mindset, and motherhood, where we raise the bar and challenge the status quo. Get ready for expert interviews and real, honest conversations where we explore physical, mental, and emotional health. Let's celebrate the beautiful diversity and common experiences in all of our journeys. Let's do this. We're going to be talking all about the Kegel today, whether or not to do it. And I'm going to give you five other options to do instead of Kegels. So first and foremost, what is a Kegel? The Kegel is essentially this term invented by this old white dude, Arnold Kegel, who said, you know what? I want to treat pelvic relaxation. And I think it was the 1940s, he invented the Kegel exercise, which is essentially a pelvic floor muscle contraction. It would be like me squeezing my bicep muscle and contracting it and calling that a special or specific name. That's all the Kegel is. It is a pelvic floor muscle contraction. It has been studied over and over and over again in research. And there's so much overemphasis on it that oftentimes we forget that the pelvic floor and the pelvis they don't work by themselves. They work as part of a team with other muscles in the body. They coordinate with other muscles in the body. So who it's actually beneficial for? Pelvic floor strength exercises are exist on a continuum. Kegels are maybe the most basic pelvic floor strength exercise. All it involves is a pelvic floor contraction where you Imagine you enter a cold pool or a cold lake. You know how your pelvic floor, your butt, everything just kind of clenches? So a Kegel is that same kind of puckering up effect. You're lifting up your pelvic floor muscles. Imagine you have a blueberry at the tip of your vagina or a marble at the tip of your anus and you're lifting it up and in. So Kegel is not a squeezing sideways. It's a lift and gentle squeeze. It's a picking up effect. A Kegel actually occurs naturally throughout the day. When you're cold, when you're scared, when you're startled, you, your body will naturally go into a Kegel. So you are actually doing this throughout the day whether you know it or not. Do you need to do them on purpose, like 10 reps, 30 reps, 100 reps a day? Most people do not. The few people that may benefit from doing Kegels are people with neurological um, impairments, people who are really older, who maybe lack a lot of basic muscle tone, um, people who had major injury where they've already addressed the scar tissue or pain or um, muscle tightness, and now they need to start building some basic strength. However, being good at doing Kegels does not equal being good at coughing and sneezing without leaking. 
Being good at doing Kegels does not equal having better sex. Being good at Kegels does not equal running or jumping without leaks. Being good at Kegels does not equal function. So this is why I rarely ever give Kegels as a blanket exercise. And most often what I'm doing is I'm incorporating the pelvic floor muscles with movement like squats or deadlifts or even bicep curls. This is what I'm going to show you how to do on my pelvic strength workshop on Thursday, April 13th. Note it down in your calendar, Thursday, April 13th from 8.30 to 9.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's on pre-sale right now, early bird pricing of 29 Canadian. That's like 21 US dollars, super cheap. And I want you to attend because I'm going to teach you exactly how to do a Kegel, whether or not you need to do it, of course, and then incorporate it with your day-to-day functional exercises and movements. Because if you want to last longer in the bedroom, if you want to try different sex positions out so you're not always lying flat on your back, if you want the confidence to do those things, you need more than just Kegel strength. You need core strength. You need butt strength. You need inner thigh strength. You need functional strength in your your entire lower quadrant and even your upper body, right? So during my pelvic strength workshop, we're not just going to lie there and do Kegels for half an hour. We're getting your body moving and you're going to also feel your pelvic floor work. So going back to the starting question, do you need to do them? Unless you have a specific condition where someone has, and by someone, I mean a trained pelvic floor physical therapist, trained professional has assessed and said, yes, you need to do this. It's the only reason I would tell you to do it. I don't recommend doing Kegels just because you saw it in the Cosmo magazine or in some article or some neighbor, someone's friend told you you should do your Kegels. No. The reason there's this obsession with Kegels too is it's a very patriarchal model, right? People think, oh, I have, a, I have a child and now I have a loose vagina, so I have to do Kegels to tighten it up. Guess what? When you have a poop, your anus, your rectum stretches. It doesn't just stay gaping open after you poop, right? You don't need to do tightening anus exercises to get it to come back to normal. In the same way, after childbirth, After a vaginal birth, your body is so brilliant, it naturally over time, so not in like two days or two weeks or even six weeks, but over time, those muscles, that fascia, the the skin, everything starts to tighten up naturally. Million dollar question. Does it ever go back to normal? Normal changes throughout your life. Normal uh, for an eight-year-old and normal for a 16-year-old who's gone through puberty is going to be different. Just because your body has changed does not mean that it is no longer normal. So yes, your skin may be a little stretchier. Your vaginal walls, picture the vagina like a tube, the walls of your vagina may be a bit stretchier. That does not mean that it's going to impact your orgasm. It's not going to impact your future childbirth. It's not going to impact your pleasure. If you're finding that your pleasure sucks right now, if you're finding it difficult to feel sensations down there, that's where pelvic floor strengthening can help. And not just pelvic floor strengthening, but the stuff that I just talked about, the booty, the inner thigh, the glute, the core strength, the upper body strength. And that's what I'm going to go over on my pelvic strength workshop on Thursday, April 13th, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Yes, is a recording because I know people are in different time zones. So if you're gonna not going to be able to make the live, that's okay. I send the entire recording, including the Q&A afterwards. Last workshop was an hour workshop and we had a 30, 40-minute Q&A and we had some excellent discussion questions. And that's why I'm holding this workshop because a lot of people asked me for this. 
So let's go over, I'm going to share five tips of things you can do instead of Kegels, right? And this is not necessarily what you think. You think I'm going to give you like the magic exercise. It's even more basic. The first thing is going to be drinking two to three liters of water a daily. Your muscles, including your pelvic floor muscles, are 79% water. They're mostly water. So if you're dehydrated, think about what a grape looks like, a nice plump juicy. And think about a raisin, how it's kind of dried and husky. Your muscles are literally going to shrink and get dried and feel kind of tough and sore when you're dehydrated. So many of us are underhydrating. And I'm talking about healthcare professionals underhydrating, teachers, people who are on their feet all day for work, moms who are chasing after their young kids. You're inhaling the coffee, the tea, all the beverages. You need water, right? You can add in, yes, lemon, the electrolyte supplements, all of those things, great. But water is essential. We want hydration first and foremost, right? So two to three liters a day. If right now you're like, oh my gosh, I only drink three cups of water. Don't jump from three cups to three liters in one day. First of all, that's virtually impossible because if it's not part of your lifestyle right now to drink, two to three liters, it's very difficult to go from three cups to, you know, eight to 12 cups. So what I want you to aim for is adding one cup of water for a week. So if you're at three cups a day right now, add one more cup. Maybe start earlier in the day when you have better um, mental energy, you're not procrastinating as much, set yourself up for success. So the night before you go to bed, you fill up your water bottle. I have a one liter water bottle, which I love. Because then it's filled up. It's ready to go. First thing in the morning, I can start tracking. I actually don't recommend cups because I find cups, it's harder to track. And you always think you're drinking more than you actually are. The other good sign to know whether or not you're drinking enough is to look at your urine, right? Your body gives you signs every day whether or not you're healthy. Look at your urine. Look at your poop. If you're constipated, if you're struggling to poop, if your poop is super, you know, pellety, if your pee is dark, um, orange, yellow, um, if it smells, those are all signs you're likely under hydrating. So drink up on the water and watch also not just your muscles feel better, but also your lubrication, your vaginal lubrication requires water, right? And drinking water is one of those simple things that's free for absolutely everybody with access to drink clean drinking water. And I always like to say for those with access, because not everyone has access unfortunately a lot of our indigenous populations still don't have access to clean drinking water so both we need to give gratitude to the fact that we have access to this but also make sure that we um, advocate for change so everybody has access to water so next get seven to nine hours of sleep i will be the first to admit that this is my weakest point my entire like adult life if you've asked me what my sleep has been like five six hours and I used to brag about it I'd be like I don't need as much sleep as like those other people I can I can function off less sleep and what would actually happen is I could function I would get great grades on my assignments do great on exams so I thought I was doing great but what would happen is I would be cranky irritable I would react like this and that was from a lack of sleep and then postpartum hit and then I had no choice but to wake up every few hours to, you know, nurse my baby. And so I really found that my mood suffered, but also my pelvic health suffered. When you're not sleeping well, when you're not sleeping enough, you wake up in the morning, your cortisol, everything, the stress hormones are higher, right? So what happens is your body goes like this. 
you're more irritable, you're more reactive, and so is your pelvic floor. So you want your pelvic floor to work. You want to not leak, but you're undersleeping and your pelvic floor is finding it harder to get through the day. You might fatigue by 3 p.m. instead of 10 p.m. So you're going for a long walk at 3 p.m. and you might fatigue earlier on in the day. So for those of you who do have control over your sleep, I want you to aim for minimum seven hours. And if tracking it is helpful and doesn't stress you out, I would encourage you to track it only because going back to water, we all think we're doing better than we actually are. A great way is when you wake up in the morning, do you feel energetic to get out of bed? Are you like dragging your feet? Because if you are and you have control over it, which I know not everybody does, but if you do have control over when you go to bed and how much sleep you get, you will 100% feel better when you're sleeping more. Naps do count and so does meditation. For some people, if especially with insomnia or they're awake doing night feeds with babies, practicing meditation during that, so focusing on your in-breath, focusing on your out-breath and just staying present in your body can put you in a somewhat meditative state. Even if you were prescribed Kegels as exercises to do at some point, we need to advance you beyond that. Kegels are like, like I said earlier, it's like doing bicep contractions. Like if imagine this was my exercise and I'm doing three sets of 10 of this for like 10 years. Doesn't make sense, right? At some point, we got to start lifting weights, do functional movements. With Kegels, with pelvic floor muscles, no, you don't have to run out and buy vaginal weights. Yes, they do sell them but they're kind of a gimmicky thing and most people don't need a weight to insert up there to train. Most people actually need more vaginal relaxation. So that's gonna be bringing me to my next point, which is point number three, let go. Release the hold on your jaw, your belly, your butt, your pelvic floor. Even when you're watching this right now, I want you to just deep breath and relax. Let go of that belly. I know we live in a society where Thin, flat is, you know, seems beautiful, but that is all false. It's all made up. Beautiful is what you see in your body, in in your mirror. You're beautiful no matter what you look like, no matter if society approves of you or not, right? Get my, um, my Reclaim Your Pleasure workshop is all about defining pleasure based on what it means to you. Not what it means, what society has told you what pleasure is or what sex is. It's whatever brings you joy, whatever brings you pleasure, right? And when you're with a partner or partners, the focus should be on pleasure, not on intercourse, not on rushing to, you know, orgasm. It should be on pleasurable touch, sensation, and experience. And when you focus on pleasure, you take off that that weight, that stress of what do I need to look like? Because pleasure doesn't have a look. Like if you, if you, I remember, you know, in the summer we're at the beach and the kids love playing with the sand toys and I would just take a video of the kids playing and I'm like, they're not like smiling every time playing like this. You know, we think pleasure should be, oh, I have a beautiful smile on my face. They're, they're intense, they're focused, but they're having a blast. So pleasure doesn't have to have a look. It doesn't have to mean that you're like doing this all the time or you're sucking in or anything. This isn't posing. This isn't fake right? But we have been fed such a fake message of fake message of beauty, um, you know, airbrushing all the stretch marks, the pimples, the, the fat rolls. We remove all of the normalcy from our bodies and then we put them on billboards. So we have absorbed this messaging and not just on billboards, but in the movies. What do we see portrayed in the movies, right? And if you're black, brown, um, if you're Chinese, if you are, don't fit that, you know, Eastern Europe, or not Eastern European, the European European-centric model of beauty, 
you definitely have not seen yourself represented. I'm hoping my kids will grow up with more representation, but I didn't. So I still have all of the unlearning to do. And it's a, it's a constant work in progress, right? It's, there's always going to be days that I'm like, oh, I feel gross in my body. But that, those days are fewer and far in between now compared to before. Because it's, I've been practicing self-love, right? And self-love is, is a practice. All of the things I listed today, the water, the sleep, the mindfulness, the letting go of the tension in your body, the strengthening, giving your body the strength that it needs to complete the tasks that it needs, all of that are acts of self-love. And some people are like, but I don't really love who I am. Well, start showing yourself love and you will start to discover that you are worth loving. Right? This is, this is turning into a sermon here, but I really strongly believe in self-love through practice, through action, rather than um, waiting for yourself to love yourself fully and love how you look, love how you feel before you start showing yourself love. You've got to show it first before you start loving yourself. And this is so easy when we look at relationships. Imagine you're dating someone and they never give you attention, never call you, never respond to texts. You go out for dinner, they buy themselves dinner and they don't, they're like, I'm not getting you anything. You're not eating. You're just going to watch me eat. You'd be like, I don't like you at all. You're just really rude and you know, you don't love me. But we do that to ourselves, right? But what if you meet someone new and you're like, I don't know how I feel about this, but they start showering you with love, with love how you want to receive love too, right? And you start to feel, oh my gosh, this person really loves me. And I really like how I feel when I'm with this person. And then you start believing in that love more, right? Self-love is the same. When you, when you treat yourself poorly, you actually feel terrible about yourself. When you start treating yourself with more kindness, with more love, you will naturally start liking yourself more and more. Um, and some of the like, most amazing people I know, they're beautiful, smart, talented, they lack self-love. Because it's not about beauty or smarts or what you've achieved in life. It's about the fact that every human being deserves self-love and love, period. But we have been taught that you only deserve love when you accomplish something. You only deserve love when you are strong and you're fit and you're young and you're thin and you look a certain way. And those are all false. Those are just constructs created by our society that we need to dismantle because it's harming all of us. It's harming even the people who fit within that construct because they're not going to stay young forever. They're not going to stay thin forever. They're not going to stay, they're not going to look that way forever. So at one point or the other, it's going to harm them too. So we're talking about five ways to, five ways to strengthen your pelvic floor that don't involve Kegels, right? So the first one was two to three liters of water. The next was seven to nine hours of sleep. This one, point three is letting go. So through the day, I want you to have mental checkpoints. I often use my acronym BUM. B-U-M. Breathe, unclench, move. So breathe in, unclench those stress points in your body, and then move on. Move on to your next task, to pick up your kids, to the next meeting, to making dinner, or just even move can mean move your body. So if you've been sitting for two hours at the computer, that might be an invitation for you to just get up and shake your bum, move around, because that will be more helpful for your pelvic floor than sitting for 10 hours and then just going hard at the gym an hour a day. I would rather you not go hard at the gym ever and just spread movement throughout the day than be sporadic with your exercise and your movement and only do it, do it like once a week or once a day, right? Oftentimes, so many people who are active, they're like, but I go to the gym. How did I get injured? 
I'm like, because we spend so many hours sedentary and not even moving, right? It's really, really hard for our bodies um, and our pelvic floors. We talked about posture a little bit, but sitting with your butt tucked under for long periods of time can promote more tightness around the anus. So if you're already constipated, that's literally tightening and shortening that space, right? And if you, not only if you're constipated, but if you're not constipated, you're more likely to be constipated when you're, you know, sitting with your butt tucked under, you're not moving regularly enough. So getting up to walk, all of those um, simple things that we already know innately. If we, anyone with kids or anyone who's been around kids, anyone who remembers what it was like to be a kid, you don't have to convince kids, especially younger kids, to move, to exercise. They're moving nonstop. For five minutes, sometimes I'll be like, okay, I'm going to mimic what my son is doing. I can't keep up. He is moving at such a fast pace, jumping, moving, squatting, turning, rolling on the floor. And if we mimic our children and move as much as they do, we'll all be so much healthier. Total different conversation about what the school system does, right? And forces people to sit still and not move. And it's just, it's not healthy for our bodies. And then we grew up to be adults who then struggle to move because it's been trained out of us, right? But a whole separate conversation that I'm going to get into another time. The next point I'm going to talk about is mindfulness. And it ties really well with my last point, which was bum, breathe, unclench, move, letting go. Mindfulness. Even the act of you noticing that you're tense is helpful because so much of the time we don't acknowledge how we're actually feeling. Am I stressed? You don't even have to solve the stress. You can just notice and acknowledge that you are stressed and you're immediately, your body's going to be like, oh, thank you for seeing me. Thank you for noticing. Yesterday I was feeling um, this unsettled feeling. I couldn't, I didn't know why. I just literally wrote down in my journal, I feel unsettled. And I was like, it doesn't necessarily magically take away that feeling of feeling unsettled, but it just helps me feel like I'm noticing, I'm taking the time to acknowledge how I feel. Just like if a baby is crying and you, you ignore them, they're not going to stop crying. But if you go to them and pick them up, even if they might still be upset, maybe they have a poofy diaper, maybe they have gas, maybe they're just uncomfortable, but they're now more comfortable because you are comforting them. You're there, you see them, right? Same thing goes with your anger, your stress, your frustration. If you've had a tough day, don't try to just squash your emotions. Be mindful of what's going on in your body. The simplest way is... Focusing on your in-breath. So feel that air going into your lungs. Even if you're mindful for 10 seconds, that's a start, right? Mindfulness through the day will help you in the bedroom. Because if you're having sex, if you're receiving the best oral sex, the best pleasure, you're not going to actually be able to feel it as well as you could if you're not mindful. If you're busy thinking about, how do I look? Am I performing well? What's my to-do list like? Oh, I have this meeting tomorrow. If you're thinking about all of those other things, that is going to remove, immediately cut down your pleasure, right? There are times, and this is personally, I will just feel no pleasure at all, even if my partner is doing all the right things, because I'm just not fully present. And that's why practicing mindfulness, and I say practice, because there's no um, end goal, right? You could... <laughs> We could always be more mindful, right? We could always be more present. It's always a work in progress. And I share all of these tips because I also work on them myself, right? I don't, I don't share anything that I also don't believe in and don't work on. So last tip for you, pelvic strength. Pelvic strength is key. You do need a baseline amount of pelvic strength and not just pelvic floor, 
but pelvic, so glutes, inner thighs, hip flexors, core, all of those muscles that insert around the pelvis, back strength. You do need baseline strength in all of those muscles so that your pelvic floor can do its job. Think about it like teamwork, right? If you if you have a group project, five, five people in the group project, and one is like a mega slacker, does nothing, super, not weak, but you know, just doesn't do anything. Then the other four have to pick up the slack, do extra work, right? So if your butt's not doing its job, if you're not moving your booty, your butt, if you're not moving your, your legs, if you're not strengthening those muscles, now that pelvic floor has all this extra load put on it that it was never designed to lift. So when a lot of people have pelvic floor symptoms, they're thinking, okay, I just better do more Kegels. I'm just gonna do more Kegels. And they're ignoring all of the other bigger muscles that you need to actually get through your day. Right? And this is for both athletes and non-athletes. Because if you are, a lot of us don't consider ourselves as athletes, especially as we get older, right? We think we're not competitive, we're not competing. I'm not an athlete. But literally every single person who is able to move our bodies does athletic things every day. Every day. Lifting groceries, climbing up the stairs. If you have kids or you're babysitting, you have nephews and nieces, you're lifting them up. All of that is very active and physical. So it's important to strengthen your body to meet those demands and not just do like, you know, bridges and kegels without any weight or resistance. So this is what I'm going to help you with in the pelvic strength workshop. Share this with your friends Thursday, April 13th, 8.30 to 9.30 p.m. Eastern. There is a recording um, until the end of March. So till Friday, there's early bird um, pricing, 29 Canadian, about 21 US dollars. It's going to be awesome. My last workshop was at the end of February. We did a Reclaim Your Pleasure workshop. So for anyone who's struggling with low libido, finding difficulty, um, you know, with pleasure, getting present in their body, maybe you hold a lot of tension in your pelvic floor, do that workshop. Go purchase the replay and then go come to this next one as well because it's going to be so much fun. Once we can make sense of something, we stop blaming ourselves for oh, I just have a bad back or I have a weak pelvis or all of that. Um, The languages that we use to kind of downgrade ourselves, it's just not helpful, right? We have to start thinking of ourselves as functioning bodies because guess what? We're all alive to this day. We're all functioning. We're all doing great, right? We can all, yes, we can absorb, um, you know, better habits, build on these things, but nothing happens overnight. I share these tips with you not to overwhelm you, but to help you think about your day and take ownership of, oh, maybe that's why I'm still experiencing these symptoms because I have been busy doing, you know, Kegels or this, blaming myself for not doing Kegels, but actually I don't even need to do them. Maybe if I just drink a bit more water through the day and, you know, learn these exercises from Serbi's workshop and start weaving these exercises in more through the week, maybe that's what I actually need. I always joke because I I actually work with a lot of physios who are my clients and um, who are not in pelvic health, but, you know, they have a baby or they just have leakage and they, they seek out support. And they're like, I'm the worst client and I should know better. I'm a physio. And I'm like, we're all human beings. We all suck at always following instructions and always doing the things we're supposed to do. But it does not mean that you can't get better just because you are not always following your instructions, right? I want you to make progress even if you follow only like one-tenth of the things I tell you. 
just a lot of gratitude to, to you all. And I want you to do one of those five things that I just talked about today and sign up for my workshop. If you haven't yet, I'll share the link um, to my bio. Thursday, April 13th. And yes, there's a recording. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Mom Strength and being part of this important conversation. Check out the show notes for more info and links and we'll chat again real soon.